0: welcome my friends hey first before we dive into the podcast i want to just thank everyone who is subscribed to my channel when you officially subscribe to my podcast channel you first of all get notified when new podcasts air and so you'll never miss an episode so that's a fun bonus. And also, it really helps me get my uh, podcast in front of more eyes. So thank you so much for subscribing. Thank you for leaving your kind comments and reviews. I really, really appreciate it. So today's conversation is with Coach Karen, who's a friend of mine I met several years ago, actually in uh, in the UK, although she's from America. And we have a really, really fun, actionable interview for you. And it's really, really helpful for anyone who's going through hormonal changes or just i don't know honestly (laughs) i think most women deal with this at one time or another it's issues with sleep and so we're gonna talk all about things that can disrupt sleep different styles of sleep disruption and things that can help we talk specifically about oh my gosh things like alcohol and how that impacts your sleep exactly what hormones are you know doing that impacts our sleep all of these amazing things are coming up so let me just tell you quickly about coach karen She can be found at wellbalancedwomen.com, and I will put all of the details that you need to know in the show notes, by the way. She is a recognized public speaker on the topics of self-care, perimenopause, and fitting fitness into everyday life. And her blog readers and her clients relate to her because she is an entrepreneur, a wife, and the mom of three kids, and she loves talking about balance. She shows that you you can have balance without having it all together. And she believes that when realistic approaches are taken, anyone can create a life with health and wellness at the center. She loves traveling. She loves running marathons and ultra marathons gasp. Oh my gosh, those are insane. Um, But because she believes in balance, she's also an avid reader and back floater, although not at the same time. So you can tell she has a fun sense of humor, and I just love her. She's also extremely well-educated. She has a ton of fitness, wellness, and health coaching certifications. But I'm going to just dive right into the interview right now, and you can go to her website, wellbalancedwomen.com, to learn more about her. So let's go to the show. Hello, Karen. I'm so glad to have you back with me again, my friend. We always have such a fun time when we talk. Well, I think it happens because we're both super passionate about helping women and particularly
1: helping them in places where maybe they've been, I don't know, kind of brushed off by other people. And I think that we understand that
0: once women feel validated, then things can change and it's fun to be a change agent. All right. So today we are going to be talking about a topic that is really near and dear to my heart. It's about sleep. And I think that a lot of women who are going through all sorts of changes, this applies to, to everyone. I mean, of course, new moms are going through the hormonal changes that impact sleep and, of course, the newborn. And I've found that, especially as I get into perimenopause, it's become a real issue for me too. So it's like I had my, my time when 13 years ago when I had my son that I had issues. And then after that got resolved, I was pretty much able to just hit the pillow and go to sleep. No problem. Like once he was settled and sleeping well himself, I could too, but then things started shifting hormone wise. And I just found myself with insomnia, uh, around my period. It's especially bad, but also around ovulation too. It seems like it kind of went on this progression of it was really bad. I could not sleep right before my period. And then now it's right before my period and at ovulation. So I am bringing you on today, Karen, because you really are have an expertise in coaching women through the hormonal changes, especially with a special interest around perimenopause. Is that correct? It is. I fell
1: into this. I started in, in more of a fitness sort of aspect, but realized what I was actually doing was more like holistic health coaching. And I really love sleep because it's the basis of everything. I mean, we can make lots of great nutritional changes. We can become more active, but if we're not sleeping those changes that we're making in other parts of our lives don't really have a chance to be as effective as they can when we're sleeping. Well, yeah, I also just love sleep. I mean, sleep is fantastic. I wish I were a better sleeper. Um, This is one of those topics where I know everything and I'm not a perfect sleeper. So I don't want to come off as the person who says, do this. And you won't ever have trouble sleeping again. We live in bodies. Bodies are amazing. Bodies do weird and gross stuff. And bodies also sometimes take us on a little journey (laughs) And we have to course correct. I'm 46, so I'm really in the thick of, of perimenopause. And sleep is just something that women come to me over and over and say, I can't fall asleep or I can't stay asleep. And so it's not even just that there's one sort of struggle around sleep for women in perimenopause, it's that it can manifest in these different ways. And that feels frustrating too. I love to try to give a lot of ideas, both from the physiological side, meaning what's happening inside your body, like what you've seen, uh, around hormonal changes, but also what's happening for environmental or lifestyle reasons that may be interrupting your sleep and how can we control what we can and try to make peace with the rest.
0: Mm, Yes, I love that. And I wanted, I I thought it would be actually interesting to talk about maybe some different specific examples that you've heard from your clients that speak to different types of problems people may have. And today I really want to get down and dirty into some actionable tips and things that people can try. So do you have some specific stories or just kind of maybe general ways that you see clients present and different symptoms they may have?
1: Yeah. So particularly for perimenopause, like I said, people tend to fall into one of two camps and that is I can't fall asleep or I can't stay asleep. At the bottom of both of those, we really have to look at your sleep schedule. One thing I say all the time because it sounds so silly, but it's so true, but human beings are animals we forget that, right? It's really easy to forget that. But as animals, we have this hard wiring that makes us act in certain ways and it makes our bodies want to work in certain ways. So we have an innate, what's called diurnal schedule, right? We wake with the sun, we sleep when it's dark. This is why, you know, Farmers get up really, really early in the morning, in the spring, and in the summer. They do their crops. But you know what? In the winter, it's a lot different schedule. You stay in more. And this isn't necessarily related to weather and climate. It has to do with our innate tendencies that are tied to the sun and light. Not a lot of people I know are really tied to rising with the sun and you know, going in and calming down at sunset anymore, right? We have amazing electricity, which allows us to have light at any time. But what that has done is it's really interrupted our basic sleep needs, Yeah. Taking us off our innate sleep schedule. So whether you can't fall asleep or whether you can't stay asleep, take a hard look at your sleep schedule. What's super common, I hear all the time, is people who stay up way too late um, because you know you're either doom scrolling on your phone or you're you know watching just one more episode on Netflix or you know you just want to have that peace and quiet at the end of the day after everybody's finally gone to bed and it's like a victory. I get it, but if you think that you're going to just you know sleep in on the weekends and catch up with sleep it doesn't work that way. You're actually making it harder and harder for your body to tune in to that natural innate schedule. So while you might not need the exact same number of hours of sleep in the summer as you do in the winter, there is a schedule that your body wants to follow. And the closer you can sort of map your behaviors around your body, the better your sleep is going to be.
0: What I'm hearing here is that everybody's going to have kind of their own unique blueprint for their own schedule. Is that right?
1: It is. It is. By and large, we're not good at tuning in to figure out what that is.
0: Yeah. And I was going to say, I know that I've been really trying to tune in since I've just noticed, especially over this last year, just everything's been different with my family more at home. And there's just been all sorts of changes. And it's really thrown me for a loop as far as my habits and my patterns and my routines and my, my stress level, honestly.
1: And uh, I think there's,
0: there's a, a hormonal thing
1: that's going on there that I wanna speak to you real quickly, um, particularly for women 40 and older, because your progesterone is your calming hormone, mm-hmm. right? It's what sort of like lets you be a little more chill, Well, as you're moving through perimenopause, most people hear about estrogen, right? And it's your estrogen that drops. And that's the reason we sort of dry out and get cranky. But what's happening is your progesterone actually plummets. That drop happens much more steeply, much more quickly. Well, when your progesterone drops and you still have a relatively higher level of estrogen, then you have this estrogen dominance right? Or what can be called low progesterone. More or less same same thing, different way of looking at it because it's a ratio of the hormones to each other. Mm -hmm. But here's the bonus that many people have learned in the last year. So if you have low progesterone, it's harder to sleep because that's your calming hormone. But cortisol, which is your stress hormone, blocks the receptors that you do have for progesterone. So, if you already have low levels of progesterone and you have stress, and that cortisol, that stress hormone, hormone blocks the receptors for what little progesterone you have, it's like a double whammy. Mm. And I think that's because we've been bathing ourselves in cortisol for the last year with this just chronic low level, mid level life stress worldwide. That's what's helping are fueling this like worldwide sleep challenge right now.
0: Okay. This is blowing my mind. And I think this is so true. And it's, it's funny what you're saying, because I've actually, I have some, uh, progesterone cream that I do use in the second half of my cycle because my, my levels have plummeted. I've had it tested everyone listening, you know, I don't test don't guess. Test, yeah, definitely test. But I did have my levels tested; they're very, very low. I'm not really ovulating well. Like, there's all sorts of stuff going on. So I do have my progesterone cream, and I have found that I I used to put it on in the morning, um, and that is helpful because it kind of keeps you calm through the day. But I've also I've shifted it recently to putting it on at night because uh, I think it helps me sleep a little bit better when I use it during the second half of my cycle. But I will say that on days when I'm particularly stressed, or for me, my blueprint pattern is that if I stay on my devices on my computer, like working, which is my bad habit, I work into I could work all night long, because I love it. But when I stay on my computer working anytime past literally, like six o'clock, and pretty much always I'm past six o'clock. So I mean, there's, you know, around eight o'clock is usually when I try to be done. But when I'm done at eight o'clock or nine o'clock, I am wrecked. And even my progesterone at night isn't helping. And I think it's probably because of that cortisol uh, level, you know, the cortisol blocking my, any hope of that progesterone helping me out to calm me down. (laughs) Yeah, any of it getting in. And, And I think you raise a great point
1: as well for people who have trouble falling asleep. If you're on your devices late, Those devices are emitting blue light Mm -hmm. and blue light is blocking your brain's understanding of that innate, like diurnal schedule. We were talking about, yes, I have my, my
0: sexy, um, I just put on my blue blockers for anyone who's uh, not, not who's just listening, you know, you're not watching, but yeah, I have these blue blocking glasses that I wear at night for sure. Anytime after six o'clock, I put them on my face. So if yes. you ever see me on like a Facebook live or something in the evening, my time, I've got these weird orange tinted glasses on my face and I think that they help. But even so, even when I wear the blue blockers, if I'm on my computer till seven o'clock, eight o'clock, nine o'clock, there's no way I'm falling asleep. There's no way. Right. Right. Well, because you I mean so the blue lights one effect, right? If that's,
1: that's a brain issue, it's going into your brain, but the larger issue is that you're rubbing yourself up with the work, right? And you're really stimulating your brain at the time of day, when as the sun is going down, what your brain wants to do is kind of take a break Mm -hmm. and wind down. And instead, you're saying, No, let's do one more thing. Let's do one more thing. Let's do one more thing. And your body's having to create either adrenaline or cortisol. You know, the Those are both stress hormones in order to keep you awake, to keep you fueled, to get that one more great idea out and, and all of that. Um, And that, Mm -hmm. that sort of plays into a super practical hack um, works again for people, whether you can't fall asleep or you can't stay asleep, but especially if you, if you struggle falling asleep, you've got to work backwards from whatever your bedtime is going to be. To figure out some sort of a routine to help give your body those clues, I'm calming down. It's almost time for sleep. Let's get ready to do this, right? Because I can't say, oh, well, I'm going to be great. And I'm going to go to bed at 10 Mm o'clock. And Mm -hmm. then at five minutes to 10, I come out of the family room and I walk through the kitchen and I see every single dish that everybody has used all day long sitting in the sink and then, oh my gosh, I remember I was supposed to send that person an email. Let me just hop on real quick and do that. Right. It doesn't work. And that, that's reality. So you have to be super intentional about it and say, okay, if this is going to be my bedtime, I actually need to start going to bed like an hour before that, like turning off the lights in your home, right? Give your brain that clue that it's getting dark, put your devices away do whatever you need to do to wrap up your day if you're feeling that like super fuel in the brain like you want to keep going and you got to get that one two three more ideas out write them down on a piece of paper like look at it convince yourself that you've brain dumped it and it'll be there for you tomorrow so you can like let it go and then you know you were talking about your son and helping your son sleep when when he was a baby like Give yourself a bedtime routine. Babies love bedtime routines. Guess what?
0: Adults love bedtime routines too. We just usually aren't that nice to ourselves. So true. I was just listening to a podcast. I don't know what it was, but somewhere I heard this thing about how when did it change that we used to congratulate our babies for for going poop? I mean, it was like, oh, you had a poopy, you know, all those little things. Right. Why don't we congratulate ourselves for all these little things that we do every day? Or, like you just said, treat ourselves to these bedtime routines and and care for ourselves that way. Yeah. And, and it doesn't have to be long, right? It doesn't have to take an hour,
1: but something that you're going through a sort of standardized series of activities. It's amazing. The clues that your brain will take in and start to settle down. And then all of a sudden you can fall asleep.
0: Yeah, that's really true. Our brain is it loves routine. Our subconscious mind, especially it really loves routine, uh, and what you what you said earlier reminded me of my neighbors, actually. It's really interesting. My son and I go for a little evening walk every every night around 730 or 8 o'clock at, at night. And it's dark outside. And we, we always walk by our neighbor's house. And their house is pitch black except for candles. So I believe what they do, we're not super close with our neighbors. So I've never talked to them about this. But I believe they turn off all their lights. There's no lights on in their house past, you know, around six o'clock lights are just off. And any light that they do have is candlelight. And I actually have, I have candles in my house and uh, I also have some of those salt lamps, those like Himalayan Mm -hmm. salt lamps. I think it would be such a beautiful routine. I haven't done this yet, but your idea of like a a routine at night, it kind of seems like it would be this beautiful ritual to just Have all the lights be off and then to slowly, as it gets darker outside and darker inside, light candles and maybe just have a few little side table lamps on and some salt rock uh, lamps, that kind of thing. So you just have this soft glow in your house because it would be not only better for you, but also a really nice little ritual and routine of self-care.
1: Yeah. And it's, and it will stimulate your, your parasympathetic nervous system, but what you need in order to be able to fall asleep in order to stay asleep by just, yes, surrounding yourself with that soft glow. It's like the opposite of the, of the blue light wavelength Yeah, yeah. is that, you know, orange kind of cozier glow. Mm -hmm. And I really think, you know, it sounds it sounds silly to say, but often, as you know, it's the simple things that make a big difference. Mm-hmm. So turn off all your lights that have been on all day. Your brain gets the message. Your body gets the message. You start to feel your shoulders come out of your ears, right? When the you're, you're sitting somewhere with candlelight, it's very relaxing. And so creating that environment is you know probably the easiest way that you're going to see very quick changes to sleep challenge.
0: Well, and I want to go back to something you said at the very beginning, which is that we are animals and we think of animals as being kind of simple, you know, a little, you know, like we love our dogs, we love our cats, but we don't necessarily think they're necessarily geniuses who could (laughs) compose a, you know, Aria or something like that, right? They're simple, they're simple creatures. And ultimately, we are simple creatures too. We just happen to have a very complex brain that can do a lot of stuff. And so we think, you know, so we do all of that stuff, but like, I I think this is really, really powerful that you're saying these simple tricks actually do make a difference because at the deep level, we are simple creatures. We are animals. So we we are, we are very simple. And I want to, I want to talk
1: real quickly to the point of people who wake up in the middle of the night, because again, this, this goes back to being an animal, why this is most likely happening to you. Um, and if you can, again, recognize that there's, there's, there's a pattern that happens in your body because of your hardwiring, because you are a human animal and take that understanding when you're looking at your behavior, it makes it easier, I think, to make the behavior change so that you're going to support whatever outcome you desire. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm a nerd at heart. I always have to know why Um, you can tell me to do something and I may or may not do it. If you tell me why I have to do it, I'm almost always going to do it as long as it makes sense. Right. What, what happens often, and this is so frequent for women in perimenopause, I wake up at 3 AM and I can't fall back to sleep. I wake up at 3 AM and I can't fall back to sleep. Like why do I live in the middle of the night?
0: 3 AM. It's always 3 AM. It's so interesting. So
1: here's why,
0: because our our
1: bodies have a blood sugar curve, a blood sugar wave that goes up and down. It's great. It's what gives us energy. It's what tells us it's time to eat. It's what says you've eaten too much. Now let's rest. Um, What happens, though, is Think about the behavior for many people, not everyone, but many people who are struggling with that 3 a.m. wake up coming from two places. The first big one, as they have eaten dinner in the evening, kind of hung out with the family, sitting around on the couch, watching Netflix, many people either have a glass or two, maybe three of wine.
0: Wine. I wanted to specifically say let's talk about alcohol. So I'm so glad yes. you're bringing this up. Please keep talking about this alcohol. I no longer drink past like four o'clock because if I drink later, I am I'm awake at three a.m. There's no awake at three a.m. Because so if if you're not an alcohol, and I don't, I don't drink. I'm actually allergic to alcohol. I
1: my my favorite thing in the world though is sugar. Give it to me in any form. I'll eat it. I have a whole mouth full of sweet teeth. Right, but if you're sitting on the couch with ben and jerry and you're waking up at 3 a.m it's the same effect whether it's a cupcake or a glass of wine it is your blood sugar crashing
0: hey there please excuse this quick interruption to this exceptional interview i hope you're enjoying it as much as i am as i go through and edit it uh but i wanted to let you know just remind you that if this topic calls to you if you are somebody going through hormonal changes perimenopause if you've ever experienced pelvic health changes associated with perimenopause particularly prolapse or bladder leakage then please check out my lift program it is a course that women have gone through and literally have told me that it's changed their lives so i hope that you'll check that out all the information is in the show notes you can even get the first week for free all right back to the show What happens when your blood sugar absolutely crashes? Well,
1: again, we're animals and our body wants to protect ourselves. It sends out a huge rush of cortisol, right? What cortisol was meant to do in this situation is like, wake us up and be like, there's a bear coming run. So, Our body hasn't gotten the message that we're not living in caves anymore and we're not being chased by bears, (laughs) but it's feeling those same effects from the sugar, whether it's in the alcohol or in the ice cream or the cupcake or whatever you're eating while you're sitting on the couch at 9, 10 PM, as that sugar has metabolized through the body and you're now at the bottom of your blood sugar curve and you need to be pushed back up in order to keep things level. That huge cortisol rush is enough that's going to wake you up and have you on high alert.
0: Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And I'd also heard, I'm not sure if you have heard this as well. I think it kind of goes along with what you're saying here, but that as we get older, especially in our forties, fifties beyond our, we, we tend to sometimes be a little more dehydrated And so I've noticed that when I do drink wine or whatever, I tend to, first of all, A, my body just apparently knows because I am so thirsty. I just want to drink water and water and water and water. And then... I'm up all night peeing.
1: That was the number two reason that people can't stay asleep is because they're waking up in the middle of the night to pee.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: Um, And it sounds silly, right? Like, well, I mean, I'm like, I walk up, I got like six steps to the bathroom and back. Like, why am I up for two hours after that? Because that's enough to shift your, your body and your hormone production into, okay, we're awake close off the sleepy hormones, wake up the waking hormones and our bodies are really, really sensitive that way. Um, yeah, the hydration is such a huge issue. And and this is, this is my personal struggle because I don't really have a thirst mechanism. I never get thirsty. Like I run marathons and like, don't sweat. I'm I'm not suggesting this is an ideal to follow. It is not. Mm -hmm. Um, So what I do is as I'm walking through the kitchen at night as part of my bedtime routine, and I finally think, huh, I probably haven't had enough to drink today. Let me pound three glasses of water. And then, oh, what a shock. I'm up at 3am peeing. <laughs> so yes, if you can pay attention to your hydration schedule and maybe front load that in your waking hours so that you're not trying to play catch up at night and, and also paying attention to what you're eating in that final meal of the day that it's not too salty, spicy, whatever that's going to fuel your desire to drink more then you really need to be drinking in order, that might wake you up later in the middle of the night.
0: That's so true. And on this topic of what you're consuming, um, caffeine too. I noticed that as I got older, caffeine really affected me just in general. I, I really started getting jittery even with just a regular morning cup of coffee. And so now I drink a little bit of coffee, just a splash. And then the rest, I use this herbal adaptogenic brew called Rasa that I love. But I've noticed that when I was younger, um, again, I could handle coffee, no problem in the morning. And usually, I mean, I didn't drink coffee late, but two o'clock, no problem. In fact, I'd brag about it. I'd be like, oh, it doesn't affect me. What's, what are you guys talking about who say they right. up all night with your coffee? But then it's, you know, first of all, I, I got older. I couldn't really handle the morning coffee or especially not the afternoon coffee. So that's another thing too. It's yeah. common sense. And that,
1: that plays in with your hormones as mm-hmm. well, because that decline in estrogen, it dries everything out. So like all of your tissues, all of your fascia, all being dried out from lower levels of estrogen. So you combine caffeine and it's diuretic drying out properties on top of that. And that's what makes you more sensitive to the caffeine is that you're just drier overall. And so your body can't can't handle that little
0: extra bit like it used to. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I love this. I love cor- correlating it all with the hormonal changes. I think it's absolutely fascinating. Um, yeah, so we, I think. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Oh, I was I was going to offer one more reason if why why women, particularly in perimenopause, can't stay asleep, mm-hmm. um, and, and that's night sweats, mm-hmm. which are a huge drag, which if you have not had them take a deep breath and just wonder at your luck in the universe. And I hope that you don't have them. But a lot of women ask, you know, I'm I'm waking up, it's three, four in the morning, and I'm completely soaked. And I have to change my pajamas. And I have to wake up my partner, because we've got to change the sheets, because it's just awful. Like, what can I do? And a lot of that has to do with what you're doing in the day, it's going to affect having those sweats at night. And I'll, I'll tell you, you can have night sweats and never have hot flashes during the day. So, in, in vice versa, if you have hot flashes, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have night sweats. Um, but approaching them is really uh, very similar. And I have tons of information about night flashes and hot sweats on my blog, Well Balanced Women. But Night sweats are really easiest to deal with in a very, very practical way, because getting your body regulated to to stop them is a longer term process. So sort of like immediate hacks, what can you do? How can we make them less invasive to your sleep? Lower the temperature in your room, Mm -hmm. you know, literally keep your body cooler, check what you're sleeping in. Are you sleeping in either natural fibers like cotton? Are you sleeping in nothing, which is fine? Um, There are now pajamas that are made of materials that have wicking properties. So if you do sweat, you're not feeling it on your body because it's that clamminess that normally wakes women up. Um, Same thing with sheets. What kind of sheets are you sleeping on? Bamboo sheets breathe really, really well. and. After you do wake up from a night sweat, if you have trouble falling back to sleep, which is super, super common, this sounds completely um, contraindicated, but a weighted blanket actually helps because it's gonna calm your nervous system back down to help you get back to sleep. So um, I had night sweats for about two years and just, you know, no problem at all during the day, very cycle related though, um, in, in the
0: week right before my period. So right before your period, see, I haven't been, I haven't been blessed in that. I haven't experienced the night sweats yet, but I'm sure they're coming. I remember my mother talking about them and, uh, the weighted blanket. I've never heard that before. So what, is it is it just like a, a blanket that's big enough to cover just you or does it cover your partner too if you sleep with your partner? Uh,
1: I I mean you can get really big ones, but I think just the single, you know, like a twin-sized or couch-sized one is perfect. Um, and you'll probably throw it off, you know, 10 minutes after you fall asleep kind of thing. But if you if you do wake up in the middle of the night and you can't fall back to sleep, having that weighted blanket, having that pressure on you is an incredibly um tactilely stimulating feeling and it allows you to just kind of like take a deep breath and again shift back into the parasympathetic nervous system
0: well I thought that do yeah it's exactly what we're wanting anyway but i have definitely experienced the power of sandbags in yoga and putting sandbags on my chest yes. and all over different parts of your body even on your hands it's yes. so relaxing it literally makes you feel like you're melting into the earth so i i'm really really loving this suggestion i feel like i need to go get a weighted blanket now
1: yeah it sounds and like i said it sounds a little counterintuitive particularly for women who have night sweats you're like what i'm gonna put this heavy blanket back on top of me when i'm just sweated but it's, what's going to allow you to actually like close off in the brain and fall back to sleep.
0: I love that. This has been so great. So we've talked about people who can't fall asleep, given some great tips for that. And people who wake up in the middle of the night, great tips for that. This is fantastic. Was there any other things that you wanted to cover?
1: I just want to go back, you know, I said, I always like the why, you -hmm. know, so I think that we understand on one level, yes, sleep is important, because that's when your body like does its repair work and all of this, but sleep is so important for your brain health, as well. And as somebody who has uh, different types of brain atrophy diseases in her family, I'm very, very keen on on brain health. Mm -hmm. And But it's, you know, it affects your executive function. How do you get through the day? How do you make decisions all day long when you're unslept? I mean, I think we've all had that experience, right? Where you just don't sleep well and you're like, oh my God, I have to decide what to eat for breakfast. It's just too much, you know? And, and it just makes you a nicer person too and i think particularly right now while the world is still all very very wonky if we can give ourselves a bit of understanding and a bit of grace that this you know chronic cortisol that we're living with is truly messing with our sleep but that also this is a great time to practice and establish sleep habits so that we can be as, you know, bright and happy as we want to be because nobody likes feeling like crap. Mm -hmm. Um, This is the one tool that like, it doesn't cost anything, right? Sleep costs no money. Mm -hmm. Um, So what can you do to really like tune into yourself and give your body what it needs and give it that sleep schedule that it really craves. And I think you'll be just absolutely amazed with all of the different ways better sleep improves your life.
0: Mm, I love that. And so I'm hearing, you know, take this seriously. And really, really create something that's going to work for you that you'll that you'll stick to just, you know, small changes even can make a big difference. And I want to provide one little hack. And that is uh, that if you don't have a good night of sleep. Like again, for me, when there's a full moon and when my period comes, I've just come to accept that I am just not going to sleep that night. And I actually usually feel great the next day. If it's just one day now, if if we're going on, yeah, if we're going on several days in a row where I've slept like crap, then it's awful. And I feel like I'm going to vomit and I can't think, and I'm mean, and I'm awful. So, but if it's the one day I just say, it's all good. It's fine. But I will say that if I'm in that phase where maybe it's been a few days and, oh my gosh, I haven't slept well for a few days in a row, or for whatever reason, it's hitting me hard. Lying in legs up the wall pose is very restorative and re- it rejuvenates and calms you at the same time. Yes. So that's yes. that I, I heard once and I don't, I'm sure there's no scientific evidence backing it up, but I heard once that 15 minutes of legs up the wall pose is similar to like five hours of sleep or something like that. It was a a big, a big number there. So you do 15 minutes of legs up the wall and it, it like makes up for some lost time. Funny.
1: I, I had an experience with that where I was, um, I was in South Africa. I was running this race. It was the next day, this 90 kilometer race. And I had a massive anxiety attack at like midnight that just woke me up, right? And I was like, oh my God, what am I doing? This is completely crazy. There's no way I can do this. You are an idiot. You've spent all this money and all this time. And I mean, like total downward spiral meltdown. So I'm laying there in my hotel room and I turned around in the hotel bed and did legs up the wall of the headboard of the bed. Mm -hmm. And I never fell back to sleep. But I laid there, I had to get up at two 30 in the morning anyway, to get to the start of this race. And I laid there for two and a half hours with my legs up. And I, w- I was able to like get up and I ran and it was great and it was fine. But that was like just an intuitive, like, okay, if I'm not going to sleep, at least I can go here and feel
0: like I'm getting something. That's amazing. What a cool, what a cool thing that your body just guided you to do that. I love yeah. that. And I think it's because, you know, I mean, it does uh, bring the energy back to your heart, back to your brain, but yet it's still a very calming thing. You're not having to actively do anything to make that happen. So it's like it rejuvenates you in that way, but also calms you. So very cool. Oh my gosh. We have lots of actionable tips here. This is so great. Um, I don't want to keep you too long or audience. So I want people to know where they can find you. And also if you have any last words of wisdom to leave people with.
1: So do you take your sleep seriously? Mm -hmm. If you think you're going to sleep when you're dead, it's going to happen sooner than you want it to. I am easiest to find online at wellbalancedwomen.com. I'm on Instagram at wellbalancedwomen. And I have a Facebook group called Well Balanced Women that is tailored to educate and empower body-wise women in perimenopause. And always happy
0: to have more action-taking,
1: thoughtful women in that community.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Karen. And I'm so glad that we met so many years ago in, uh, in England, actually. Yeah. Again, we'll do it again someday. We'll do it again someday. Yeah. Well, thanks for being on with me. I'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. And if this podcast was helpful for you today, please share it with a friend. Tell them you know what you learned and how it's going to be helpful and amazing for them to talk about this stuff. Don't forget to subscribe and also check the show notes for all the links you need, including how to follow me on Instagram and YouTube. And until next time, remember, you don't have to be an expert, but every woman should know a bit. We'll see you next time.